Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, Kristen and Peter talk with Alex Dees as they continue our series on mental health. What's on your mind? Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Well, hey everybody, thanks for jumping in here on this series on mental health. We are excited today. My name is Peter. And I'm with my friend, Kristen Birchnell. We've been having a number of these awesome conversations. And today we get to hear from Alex Dees. And this is a new individual to the Eastlake community. Our first time at least we get to chat with you. Um, so thanks for joining the call, Alex, and sharing some of your experience on the topic of boundaries. Yeah, well, it's such a small to topic. Be here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Um, yeah, it'd be great. Why don't we start maybe with like, where are you in the world and what are you up to? And then we'll kind of like, question. we don't want to start with like, just, we're not going to drill you with like, you know, boundaries <laughs> questions. Let's start with just like some basic stuff. <laughs> All right. I am in North Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. That's where my family is. So I'm calling in remotely today. Um, yeah. And I actually live here full time. I practice in Washington State. That's where my license is. I lived in the greater Seattle area for about eight years and I moved away a couple of years ago. Got it. So when you say practice, you're also I mean, a mental health professional. Sure. Right? Yeah, Therapist, I'll counselor. say a little bit about that. <laughs> so I am and I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of in the state of Washington. I was going to say the state of Seattle, which is not a thing. But in the state of Washington, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. This is my seventh year as a clinician. And I currently have a private practice where I work with high achieving kind of millennial women are generally around issues related to anxiety, imposter syndrome, boundary issues, communication, that sort of thing. Interesting. Very so, interesting. Yeah. I'm so glad that you joined us. It's just, it's nice to have new voices and new faces come and share with our community. So thanks for being here today. <laughs> That's my pleasure. I'm curious just to start, like when you mentioned kind of your typical clientele base, was that like, when you were starting your practice, like here's the type of people I want to work with or did it fall, you fall into it over time? And like, based on like your personal interest, I'm kind of curious kind of how that unfolded. Yeah. Well, I started in community mental health, which means that I just, I served the needs of community, whatever came into my office. And um, the team that I worked on served people who primarily had chronic mental health issues. So your higher level needs. And then over time, as I decided to go into private practice, I noticed that women who, I would call like me, women like me. Um, I tend to work with the strong friend, the one who seems like they have it all together, you know, hence the high achieving thing, right? And maybe they work in corporate America or they're a business owner, an entrepreneur. 
I found that those types of women weren't receiving the type of support or help they need because people don't think they need help or support. And then they may not feel comfortable asking for help or support. And so I wanted to provide a safe space with someone who understood that. My background is actually in finance. Before I went to school to become a counselor, I worked in energy trading as a credit and risk analyst. So that was kind of my role, my world. I'm like, well, these, these women kind of, they need someone. And I was looking for a niche or niche to specialize in. That's kind of how yeah. I landed there. Yeah. I'm curious too, now that you're, I mean, that's a, that's a shift career-wise. Uh-huh. But what, yeah. what drew you to mental health? Why, why make the shift there? Was it so stressful that you got that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had a really great job. Um, I was looking for something that was more meaningful, and I'd always had an interest in kind of personal development growing up. So I, I was also, I was always reading self-help books and, and trying to, you know, find my goals and define my five-year plans, things like that. And at one point, I took some training to become a life coach. And the more I, I worked in that arena, I decided, wow, this is something I really want to pursue but for me, I wanted to feel like I knew more and to be a little bit more credible. And I always wanted to go back to grad school. So I decided to go back and get my uh, degree in counseling psychology. So that's how I transitioned. I wanted something that was just more aligned with who I am and what I thought, you know, some of my purpose is here on earth. But that's how I made that decision. That's awesome. That's great. We need people like that in the world who are uh, <laughs> helping others, right? And uh, giving themselves to help people who are managing all sorts of challenges. Yeah. I think we can maybe shift over towards the topic of boundaries and obviously oh. definitely want you to feel free to make a disclaimer that you probably wouldn't describe yourself as an expert in all things boundaries. So zero pressure to be the, um, you know, the authority on all things boundaries, but you certainly know more than Kristen and I. <laughs> and so I'm curious, like when maybe we even just start, like how, how would you define boundaries and like, how would you kind of connect that to mental health, right? Like why would boundaries be within the topic of mental health series? Yeah. Um, okay. That's a great question. And yes, I agree. I'm, I'm really not the expert, so to speak. I feel like that word puts on too much pressure and then that stresses totally. me out and yeah. I'm going to create a boundary and say, <laughs> don't hold me to me. Right. It's very reasonable. Um, I think of boundaries as, so this is the way I conceptualize boundaries. I think that boundaries are all about creating safety. And when you feel a certain level of safety in the world, it creates more ease for you so that you can show up in a more compassionate and generous and connected, authentic way. Okay. And why does that create, why does, how does that connect or align with mental health? Well, that's what we're all trying to do, right? We want to show up in ways that feel aligned with who we really are and aligned with our value system so that we're not overextended, burnt out, overwhelmed, resentful, hateful. Having boundaries, especially in our relationships, allows us to create the environment where we can have relationships that are healthy and thriving. Does that answer your question? Uh, yeah, I feel like we, I could ask like 32 follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot more to say. I have a lot more to say about that. I'm like, well, I'm listening to that list of things that like resentful and, and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, it's true. I just, yeah. I think it's important to remember and have someone point out what happens when you don't have healthy boundaries and a safe environment to be in. It's yeah. Yeah. Hearing those words just kind of like took me aback a little bit, but it's all very true. Yeah. 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 I think That's a lot of people. Oops, sorry. Oh, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of people think of boundaries as being kind of mean or heavy handed um, and want to avoid them because of that. Or they maybe want to be perceived as likable or nice. Um, that's a hindrance because of the reasons that I just listed, right? If you are overextending yourself in your schedule and saying yes, when you want to say no, maybe you're, you're liked, but your needs aren't being met. And so you don't resent that. Maybe that's not reciprocated. You show up for everyone else and they don't show up for you, but you never mention it. So it's not reciprocated. And then you are resentful or you feel like no one cares about you, but that's more about your need to step up and set boundaries. So this is, some of this is also about owning your own power and your own voice and your own responsibility and opportunity to create the kinds of relationships that work for you. Mm. That's great. I think as we've gone through the series, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about a whole week on anxiety, a week on depression. Um, we just had a conversation about uh, emotions, just in general, really high level, like what are emotions? Mm. But when we shift toward the topic of boundaries, it feels like that is kind of a tool that's in our tool belt and our, our emotions are maybe, I mean, so, so correct me or give me feedback on this theory. Right. But um, boundaries is like something that we should like a, a habit or a practice that we should be in. And when we're feeling overextended, resentful, anxious, potentially like that would be a indicator that we might need to have clearer or stronger boundaries. Like that's something that we can do in response to maybe something that we're feeling? Is that how you describe it? Like boundaries are a tool that we should be using or would you describe it some different way? Okay, I think there are a lot of different ways to answer this question. Great. <laughs> That's a great way to conceptualize it, right? Um, those, you can think of it like those other things just exist, like emotions, for example. Um, I'm gonna shift that a little bit and say that boundaries actually, they also just exist. Sometimes you think you have no boundaries or someone will tell you you have no boundaries. I'm not sure that that's true. I think that maybe your boundaries are just really flexible or malleable or you don't intentionally have boundaries. Yeah. And learning how to create and implement boundaries that work for you is a skill. It's not something that you're born with. So if you're bad at boundaries, it's a, it's a matter of skillfulness, not morality. Oh, interesting. Okay, so let's let's yeah. go down that path. So what do you how do you differentiate between the two there? Like, or maybe like, do you think that's an experience many people have that when you say not morality, like people feel like if they don't have good boundaries, that they're not, that they're lacking in ethics, basically, is what their character to character well, flaw? I think semantics matter. And the, yeah. the way that we describe boundaries is we typically say you either have good boundaries or bad boundaries. And I think that matters. And, and that's fine. We can all continue to use that language. But I think having some awareness around that and knowing that it's either you have effective boundaries or ineffective boundaries. You have intentional boundaries or unintentional boundaries. You have weak boundaries or strong boundaries, not necessarily good or bad. That makes sense. I'm curious what questions you're thinking, KV, or what direction you want to kind of dive in? Because I think she's kind of helped with a good intro in terms of where we could go. Well, I obviously am thinking about um, Sarah's question that she asked us a few weeks ago. She asked us in the middle of a conversation about anxiety, about whether we, the difference between boundaries and avoidance, and that's kind of jumping into a, a brand new kind of area. But I'm I was like, I don't really have an answer, and we're going to talk to Alex in a little while about that. So 
we'll ask you, um, yeah, how do you help people process through the difference between setting a boundary and avoiding something that they don't want to deal with? Yeah. So this is a great question. And it's I was Sarah's actually question. To, not my. I, I recall. <laughs> I, I was actually able to see that conversation and listen oh, to okay. it. So I was prepared for okay. that question. Um, so the, the bottom line is sometimes you can set a boundary and it's avoidance. And I think that can be okay, depending on what your needs are. Because the way that I conceptualize it, boundaries are about creating safety. And if you don't feel like you're safe enough to allow a certain behavior in your life, then you need to work on increasing your personal sense of safety hmm. so that someday perhaps you can change that boundary that you've set. So that's one thought around boundaries versus avoidance. Um, I think that sometimes the, the reason this is important is because I think sometimes um, the, the boundaries can be unhealthy. Right. That's that's the, that's the crux of the conversation. Is this boundary a, a healthy or helpful boundary or not? Um, I think that comes down to are, is it aligned with your value system? Are you showing up in the world that you showing up in the world in a way that you want to show up in the world? Do you have increasing senses of uh, mental and emotional well-being? Mm. Right. If that's not happening, I would say, you know, review that boundary. <laughs> it needs to be revisited because it may be avoidance and you want to grow through that so that you don't need to have such rigid boundaries around that particular thing, whatever it is that you're avoiding. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, okay. So I think it would be helpful to talk through like, when, when do I, what are the triggers that re help me see like, I'm not safe. I think I need a boundary there um, because I feel like when that happens, I'm not sure, like, how do we recognize the need for something? Is it just the feeling of unsafe? Like I, I think about family relationships, partner relationships, and then there's just like the world. <laughs> like do I need a boundary with the world right now. Does that just, mean? so I guess I'm trying to, trying to figure out like, how can we, take this into like a more um, practical sense of like, when do I know that I have a responsibility to create that spa safe space for myself? Yeah, there is um, a therapist named Nedra, Tawab, Nedra Glover Tawab. She has a book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, which I think is an excellent resource for people who are looking to learn more about boundaries in their relationships. She has a really great list of how you might know you need to set boundaries. And I want to um, share, share that with you. Okay. So here's, here's her list. You feel overwhelmed. You feel resentment toward people asking for help. You avoid phone calls and interactions with people you think might ask for something. You make comments about helping people and getting nothing in return. You feel burnt out. You frequently daydream about dropping everything and disappearing. You have no time <laughs> for yourself. Those are some signs that she recommends that I wholeheartedly co-sign around how mm. you might know practically that you may need, it's time for some boundaries work. It's time to yeah. up your skillfulness in this area. That's a great list. I feel like <laughs> I just had to take notes on that. Oh, feeling overwhelmed, resentment towards people asking for help, avoiding calls from people thinking they might ask for something. Worried they might ask for something. Mm -hmm. yep. Making comments about how, what helping people 
and not yeah. getting anything in return. Not getting in, there's lack of reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Daydreaming about dropping everything and disappearing. I feel like, man, that, that continual daydream. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, at 8.30 p.m. last night, kids are finally down, and I had like a seven-minute window, and I just lay down the bed. I'm like, I'm responsible for nothing right now. It feels so <laughs> Anyways, so maybe I did. Four kids, boundaries. We'll work on that some other time. Mm-hmm. But no, that's a great list. I think that's a great, like, for people who are listening to, like, going through that list and kind of re- with some self-reflection, I think it's maybe a potential takeaway. I, l- I love that list. It's helpful. What was the last one? Daydreaming. What was the last one? You don't have any time for yourself. No time for yourself, yeah. That's about being overextended in your schedule. Mm. Um, okay. I have a question about that. <laughs> Especially yeah. as you think about, like, COVID and what these last few years have been like. Think about people who, you know, haven't had the chance for time for themselves. I think there's more than this, but the first thing that comes to my mind is these parents who are now homeschooling their kids, doing their job, um, trying to exist in a pandemic. But I know that extends to more than just, I think that's because that's my situation (laughs) where I'm like, I haven't had time to myself in two years, but um, I think about other people who found themselves now in this different world where like you can't for a while, like you couldn't go do the things that you normally did to give yourself space. So how do you think this has kind of affected our ability to set boundaries when there's been kind of this outside thing that has kind of interrupted the way we normally do things? I think you raise a really salient point um, that our environment, our inputs have changed. And so we can't show up in the ways that we typically would show up. So maybe your time to yourself was to leave the house and go to the gym or to, you know, go for drinks with friends or to a spa day and for time. And so for some people that wasn't unavailable for some people, it still isn't available. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, I think the situation, first of all, requires just a lot of grace for yourself, a lot of self-compassion Um, and realizing that you are maybe chronically overextended because you don't have the option to get that relief in the ways that you're used to. And you can't find maybe other ways, particularly if you, if you are in the home with other people and you have young children, you know, maybe they used to go to school or (laughs) they used to go to daycare or a babysitter would come over and those just aren't options in the same way. Um, So I think acknowledging that there is some loss there, which you know, you may have to grieve some of that. So not beating yourself up that you're not functioning as healthfully as you used to, I I think is that's really important. And then finding new ways to tap into some relief and knowing they're not going to look like the old ways and maybe they won't be quite as satisfactory. And that ultimately this is temporary, even though it we don't know when it's going to (laughs) end. It keeps going on and on and on. Um, Um, just not expecting yourself to be able to function at the same high level that you did before. Yeah. And so removing more things from your plate is going to be necessary. Um, making adjustments for a new reality. That's what it costs to be well during a, a time like this. I think too, I, what I just heard you say too, I think, or maybe I'm just interpreting it, but there, there comes a point too where you have to get a little more creative with what helps you feel safe and, to recognize like the same, the things I was doing before aren't working anymore. And I feel like that's life in general, not like pandemic life, but 
there, I feel like, is that this, is that a normal situation where like boundaries can exist for a while that are helpful and then they're not helpful anymore and you have to do different ones? Great question. I think, yes, absolutely. Boundaries, I think, happen on a spectrum. So somewhere between flexibility and rigidity. And I think that boundaries are also circumstantial and situational. Boundaries occur within a context based on maybe external factors, but also internal. If you are just not doing well, you're probably going to need different boundaries than when you are doing well. Let's say like with your budget and financial resources, if you have an excess of financial resources, you're going to be able to be a lot more flexible than if you have just enough. You need to be very intentional about how you allocate those resources. It's the same for, for boundaries. They are fluid, they change over time given a specific context. Hey everyone, it's Kristen. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're finding these messages helpful for you in your everyday life. Um, that's what we're trying to do here is gather around the idea that life is a gift and love is the point and let's give ourselves ways to move forward in that in our own everyday world. Um, so I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of this community. To those of you who have participated and given financially, we wanna say thank you to you. Everything that we do here happens because people make contributions. People say, I value this place. I want it to exist for me and for other people. And so I'm going to support it. And so we just want to say how grateful we are um, that you do that. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to contribute yet, um, we would ask you to consider maybe doing so. If you find this place beneficial, if you find these messages helpful for you, then um, consider joining us in that way. You can go to eastlakecc.com to make a contribution. Um, and we just always are thankful for the people who want this place to exist. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the message. I really appreciate that analogy. That feels really helpful. Like depending on your situation, there's elements of rigidity and flexibility that can happen. So that's helpful, I feel like. Yeah. I'm curious too. Like, so let's say, I'm, I'm, maybe I want to kind of go down a couple paths. One would be, you said earlier, we don't want to feel like a bad guy, the bad guy, or we have, we have some negative probably baggage with boundaries. Cause usually boundaries mean we're saying no, and then maybe humans in general struggle to say no. Um, so I kind of want to go down the path of like what, what keeps us from setting up boundaries. Cause sometimes it is like you said resource flexibility too, right? Like um, what person wouldn't want the financial means to have a really flexible job and that doesn't work for everybody right and like all, like i have kids and i hire a babysitter so i can have some time to myself like who wouldn't love that that's just not an option for everybody too right so i'm curious like what keeps us from boundaries is one one path i want to go down but even before we do that like what's are there a couple of like examples that come to your mind because i think making it really practical too like are there common boundaries that you feel like with your clients that are most common? Like, what are the ones that you tend to recommend? Does it have to do a lot with time? Does it have to do with which humans they're spending time with? Because like, are they, are you spending enough time with energy sucks or energy gives, right? I'm curious, like what's, maybe we can kind of brainstorm uh, an example and then we can kind of go into like what keeps us from setting good boundaries. Yeah, I do have a couple of examples that come up with my clients. One is around time. Um, and setting boundaries around work hours because, you know, maybe they're working remotely and again, they are children at home or partners at home, what have you, and they're having a difficult time signing off for the day or 
um, setting a line between what's work time and what's home time because things have kind of just uh, bled over. <laughs> um, so that comes up really often. Um, and what I tell, it's very, it's very interesting when I'm working one-on-one -on -one because I can really create a custom, help partner with them to create a custom solution. Yeah. But generally speaking, I think you need to define what you want, set your goal, right? So every day I'm working, um, I work until dinner time, I get dinner for the kids and bathe the kids, then I go back to work. I go back to my computer and I work again from 9 to 11. I'm wanting to cut out that 9 to 11 goal slot. Maybe that's your goal, right? So if that's your goal, figure out what you're doing in that 9 to 11 slot, right? You need to be strategic about getting that done some other time. There may be tasks within your day that you need to delegate. Perhaps you're accepting all meetings and you need to be much more intentional about which meetings you accept. You may need to block off times in your calendars where people cannot put meetings in your schedule so that you can get focused work done. You may need to um, silence your phone or turn off your email notifications for two hours in the morning or two hours in the afternoon so they can get focused work done. So you need to implement specific strategies and only you know what's going to work for you given your circumstances so that you can stop doing that nine to 11 work session if that's really a problem for you. Okay, so that's one idea and feel free to Great ask example. some questions about that. Another example yeah. is wanting to put boundaries around the way someone speaks to you or the topics that they talk about, right? So let's say that there's someone who in your life who you love and you want them to be in your life, <laughs> but they maybe have a um, aggressively divergent political opinions to you and it's not a topic that you want to talk about with them or they're always making comments on your body. It's not a topic that you want to discuss with them. How do you set boundaries around that? Okay. So you need to first understand that you deserve to have boundaries. You are the person who's responsible for what you listen to and what you don't listen to, unless you're being abused or coerced. None of this applies in that situation. That needs to be handled a different way, right? Um, but in typical dynamics, um, how I recommend handling that is to express your boundary. You need to be able to verbalize that to the other person. I call this setting them up for success, okay? So... And it's really the compassionate thing to do, which is to speak with clarity, you know, um, facts and truth. Clarity is kind because it's, it's let, lets people know what the expectations are. It tells them what's okay and what's not okay. So let's say they're commenting about your body and you don't like it. You can say, hey, from here on out, we're not going to talk about my body anymore. And that's not a conversation that I'm willing to engage in with you. Right. And so if they say, well, I'm just trying to help, or if I don't tell you, no one will, or I didn't, you know, I, um, why are you so sensitive? You can say, well, I'm also not going to discuss any of that. But what I will talk about is the kids stay at school. Johnny did X, Y, Z, and Sarah did X, Y, Z. You change the subject, or you can remove yourself from the situation. You can let them know that's what you'll do. Right. If you bring up my body again, what I will do is I will change the subject or I will leave the conversation. You tell them your boundary and you tell them what you'll be doing in order to shift uh, the dynamic around that boundary. And you may yeah. need to do this a few times because if their habit is to always bring up this political issue or your body or whatever the case may be, you may have to remind them several times. And then it's on you to decide how you want to respond to what they decide to do about your boundaries. Nobody owes you you know, respect of your boundaries. You don't have a right for other people to respect your boundaries. You have a right mm -hmm. to set your boundaries. You have a right to decide how you respond to other people's responses to your boundaries. Ooh, that's so interesting. Yeah. That, 
yeah, you don't have a right to people respecting yeah. those. Yeah. You, you can control have an expectation. That if it's yeah. a loved one, you can have yeah. an expectation that they're going to partner with you in order to live a healthy life. Yeah. Right? And health for you is defined by you. I need you to not talk about my body. And if it's a partner, a loved one, you can have an expectation that they would agree to that. You don't have a right for anyone to treat you a certain way. Yeah. I can see that be, I mean, coming back to like why that'd be hard for people, that could be really scary, right? Because if you think, because some people are, the type of person that's saying things that are making someone feel uncomfortable also might not respond that well to somebody, um, right, who's, who's exerting their boundaries or communicating their boundaries. So that would be scary that maybe that would change the dynamic of the relationship. Maybe I'd rather be in an unhealthy-ish relationship that annoys me than confront you with how you annoy me, right? At least that's what I think is kind of maybe a people pleaser, maybe sweep stuff under the rug guy. I'm like, hey, and I have the example of politics is so perfect in my family. So rather than just say to that family member, let's not talk about politics, man. Again, like we know where you land. I like divert and change the subject I don't like actively confront because I don't want to like make a fuss even though I vent to I mean my poor wife has to deal with me venting on the ride home right so I suppose maybe what you're maybe I'm curious like what your take would be on that like are there is that a common thing where people like don't want to set boundaries because fear of like confrontation yeah and I should clarify that it's perfectly okay to implement boundaries without verbalizing them depending on Mm -hmm. the nature of their relationship just like you said, I have a relative who disagrees with me on this political issue. When they bring it up, I just divert the conversation or I take a sip of my drink and I look at someone else and start a different conversation. That's absolutely acceptable. Okay. So I also want to address. Let's get clarification. Yeah, I appreciate that point okay. a lot because I feel like sometimes there is this expectation that like if you have to have a boundary, you need to say it. And yeah. boundaries equals arguing or boundaries yeah, equals hard line that everybody knows about. And maybe it's, maybe it's a boundary for yourself internally. Like I, I'm going to set a boundary that I won't engage in that. Yeah. So well, I appreciate that. So my thought is that all boundaries are internal. <laughs> all boundaries are about you. They're about me and what I need. And I ask other people to partner with me in those boundaries and they get to decide how they feel about that. Sometimes I can, like to your point, Kristen, and obviously Peter, you making the same point. I don't have to necessarily verbalize those boundaries, um, but they, they're for me, regardless of whether I verbalize them or not. The other person is absolutely fine with your boundaries as they are. They don't want those boundaries to change because they're benefiting from the current dynamic. Right. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of ideas. Um, why would people avoid boundaries? Maybe they're a people pleaser. I'm not crazy about that term, um, but they maybe want to avoid an argument or they don't want to threaten the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's an example where I would say there's avoidance there. And sometimes that's, that can be okay, depending on the needs that are being met by that relationship. So sometimes they don't want to threaten the relationship because there's a specific need that's being met in that relationship that they feel will be, you know, maybe taken away a resource, um, comfort, I don't access to the relationship with the person and they don't want to threaten that. Um, and that's a type of avoidance. And I think that skillfulness needs to be built up before you may feel comfortable addressing that. And that's okay. That's where that self-compassion and grace comes in. Okay. So that's on one hand. The other hand is realizing that um, I think, I think Peter, you said like, if I, if I set this boundary, it's going to change the dynamic of the relationship. Yes. 
Every time, absolutely. Setting a, a new boundary or maintaining a boundary will always require the dynamics of the relationship to change. It is possible that someone will be displeased with you. And so if you have decided that you want to prioritize your well-being in this manner, I think it's going to take, you have to be courageous mm-hmm. um, and courageous enough to be disliked, courageous enough for someone to be, you know, maybe um, displeased with you and to express that <laughs> displeasure. And that's kind of the, the price that we pay for boundaries. But I think you have to know that other people's emotions are theirs to manage and your emotions are yours to manage. When it's a, a healthy functioning adult, the expectation is that they can manage their, their emotions, including their disappointment that you're saying no, mm-hmm. right? Boundaries are about telling someone what's okay and what's not okay. It's about setting expectations. And yeah, uh, we avoid it because of obviously fear that they'll be, somebody will be mad at you, right? Or you feel guilty, right? I feel mean, or I have this extra thing that they're asking for. I will feel guilty if I don't give it to them, right? Um, and I, I also think there's just so much, so much judgment around that. I'll be a bad person if I say no. I'll be a bad person if I set this boundary and I draw a hard line. Um, I think that just because you feel that way doesn't mean it's true. It's a feeling. (laughs) If you're wanting to change your experience in life, then you're going to have to change something and any change is going to be uncomfortable. There's a price that you pay to create change in your life. I know I've said a lot, so please feel free to ask any clarifying questions or take that in any direction. Yeah, I think I wanted to just clarify a couple of sentences you said, because one was, I think you said it was about setting expectations, right? That's what about is that what you're saying? Or I couldn't hear if you said it's not a it's it's not setting expectations. I think you're saying it is. It is. Yeah. 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 And that's when you want to verbalize those boundaries, then it's about setting expectations. And like we said, yeah. not all boundaries have to be expressed verbally. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it's interesting your question, Peter, or what you said about you know, being nervous that the dynamic of the relationship will change. But isn't part of it that you you want some change? sometimes isn't that part of it like I this isn't safe yes the boundary might make the dynamic of the relationship change but the relation the reason why I'm setting a boundary is because the deni- the dynamic of the relationship isn't working right now is that yeah. exactly 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 <laughs> it might not change is- the way you want it to is the problem but that's true you can't control how it's going to change you can't control how it's going right. to change but what you're yeah. essentially saying you're asking for change so I think you can't necessarily be nervous or and I'm pep talking myself about like I think you will be nervous and you should anticipate being nervous and it's okay to be nervous the thing is that when when someone is violating your boundaries or you're feeling some of these signs that you need to up your boundaries game the conflict is already happening yeah it's just happening within you Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And when you, let's say, talk about boundaries or implement boundaries, you bring it outside of yourself to the space between you and the other person if it's a boundary within the confines of a relationship, right? So if you are constantly doing something, overextending yourself to please someone else, this conflict, it already exists. It's not like you're creating it out of thin air. It's just that when you verbalize it, you bring the conflict to the two of you so that you can do something in partnership in order to resolve it. Yeah, you're sharing it. You're not carrying it by yourself, right? You're letting Absolutely. letting someone know that they're creating this conflict or, or at least participating in it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I had a question. I'm curious why you don't like the word people pleaser. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I'm a big fan of self-compassion. 
And I just, I don't think that that's a compassionate thing to say about yourself because it has such kind of like negative connotations. It's almost used as a pejorative, you know, into like today's kind of pop culture ways of talking about mental health. Um, Being a people pleaser is not necessarily, people don't typically say that as a positive thing. Uh, The closest it gets to positive, if someone says it as kind of a cop out, right? I'm just a people pleaser, so I can't change this. That's the closest it, it gets to positive. Otherwise, it's yeah. more like self-deprecating or yeah. even self-critical. Yeah. And I encourage people to stay away from that and take more, more power. I'm choosing to create this dynamic in our relationship or maintain this dynamic in our relationship. That's yeah. what I would prefer that people embrace. Yeah, I think what you're speaking to, too, is this idea of being passive. I'm stuck in this relationship dynamic. I have no power. I just have to keep, like catering to whatever the dynamic is and you're saying hey, you could choose and you have to decide weigh pros and cons whether or not you want your, your the pain of change is worth it Absolutely. to you but just saying you do have power which i think that's a great perspective yeah and, and i want to say sometimes you choose to maintain the current dynamic and that's yeah. okay that's okay yeah you get to choose what works for you yeah yeah but you're not stuck you can choose and just like Absolutely. acknowledge that you have power that's, that's the difference mm-hmm. yeah that's helpful Okay, I, I heard you say skillfulness a couple times. Um, and so I'm kind of curious, like if you were to share with our community, all right, if I want to become a boundaries expert, or not experts, that's too scary of a word. <laughs> I want to become um, skilled in, in boundaries in my relationship. I want to have boundary skills. Like what are the skills that you coach your clients or, or people that you, you know, that you would just want to like have more skills in the arena of boundaries? What are the things that we need to build up our muscles in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll start with one uh, that's a, a specific exercise that people can practice. And then I'll speak more generally about building this skill. Okay. One that you can use, start using today is what I call, like to call no light, N-O, light. So using the word no, but in a kind of beginner novice way. Okay. And this is when you say no without saying no. So if someone asks, hey, can you come do X, Y, Z for me on Friday? You will always say, let me think about it and get back to you. It doesn't matter if you immediately know you want to do it. It doesn't matter if you're excited about doing it. It doesn't matter if you immediately know you want to say no, if that is not your practice, right? If you typically just say yes, because this person asked, I want you to start your, your new default will be, let me think about it and get back to you. Okay. So I think that's a really great interest, a really great entry point for people who have a habit and practice of overextending themselves. Yeah. Okay. Let yep, me think about it and get back to you. Very practical, right? Yeah. I okay. Love it. How do I how do I recommend that people build up their skills around boundaries? I think it's a, a matter of education, right? Let's say that you don't currently speak Cantonese or Hindi. And the reason is because you have not built up that skill set because you need some education if that's something that you want to master. Boundaries are the same. There are frameworks, there's language around understanding boundaries. Read some books. The great one to start with, or listen, Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Glover Tawab is a really popular and great one right now um, that's going to be available at your library also. Look up YouTube videos. I think starting with TED Talks around boundaries are, mm-hmm. is, also, is always great. Look up podcasts. Start to just learn more about boundaries so that you even mm-hmm. understand why they exist. You're going to need a strong why to subject yourself to the discomfort of imposing mm-hmm. boundaries. Also, you won't always feel the level of discomfort that you currently feel because you're going to grow in your ability to 
uh, your distress tolerance, right? At yeah. setting and maintaining boundaries. Um, so yeah, I think always start, start, start small, start with one thing, like no light. Yeah. Let me think about it and get back to you and build yeah. on that. So don't try to impose all your boundaries at once. Um, <laughs> I think another thing you can do is go back and listen. If you're listening to this, go back and listen to that list of signs that we talked about. You know, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling burnt out, resentful? Do you feel like there's a lack of reciprocity within your relationships? Write down where that's happening for you so that you can kind of get clear on maybe what's coming up and the types of conversations you need to be moving forward. So you want to raise your level of awareness around what is making you uncomfortable, where you may need to begin to implement some boundaries. So I think those are kind of easy ways to get started. I love that. Those are great practical steps for everybody. This might be a big topic, and I know we're getting close to our time, but I did want to ask um, if you have thoughts on how we help. I know you those things can be translated this way too, but do you have thoughts on how we can help our kids learn about boundaries and setting boundaries? Well, they're still a kid and we still have things that we need to, that we need them to do. And I just, what are some like maybe even language things that we want to teach our kids so that they are more familiar with this process? Um, Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think that's a great question. I am not the expert on teaching kids boundaries, but I will say what I do know is that children are really going to learn more from what you do Mm. than what you say. If they see you as a boundary parent in your own dealings with others, that's going to give them the best chance of becoming a boundary adult themselves. Mm. So if they often hear mom or dad or whoever saying, hey, let me think about that and get back to you and not being particularly anxious or stressed about it. That's just a normal thing to say. Well, they learn to respond that way also. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one thing. <laughs> um, as far as um, helping kids to set boundaries. So I think you can sit down and decide what you want your kid to learn. So let's say there's an issue with some like name calling. That's the thing that comes up for children often. Um, I think you can coach them. Literally, you know, once they're old enough to understand what's happening, you know, sit little Susie down and say, hey, I see that Rebecca's been name calling at school. Let's talk about what we want to do about that. And then you can kind of role play with them, give them specific language. When she says that your feelings may be hurt, that's not going to feel good. It's okay for you to feel maybe sad or angry. So what you can say is, Rebecca, I don't like when you call me XYZ, please don't do that. Right. So teaching kids scripts and actually practicing those scripts with the child might be one way. There are a lot of ways to approach this, but that might be something. And again, an easy entry point. Yeah. Great. My daughter, somehow, somehow I've, I, I think I probably did this intentionally, but I was trying to convince my daughter that I need to put her hair in a ponytail the other day. And she was like, no mom, it's my body. I get to decide. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good example. That is a really good example. <laughs> it's okay for you to tell your child that, you know, um, I, I, I hear you and I understand that you want to wear your hair in a certain way and I'm recommending this other way. There are reasons that I feel that your hair should yeah. be like, sometimes you don't have time to kind of talk through all of this. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think sometimes, you know, you can tell your child, I hear you and I still need you to do this thing. And yeah. we can discuss this later. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're right. You do have 
a certain amount of control over your body, right? So yeah. be, the older they get, the more nuanced you can be in these conversations. Yeah. But it is a good example of like, there are some things that I you know I come in because I tend to like have an agenda and here's our plan for the night and I can be over rigid. And when like, there are instances where I'm like, well, I, you're right, buddy, you can wear that outfit and it's not the one I picked out for you today. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to choose to not care to help you recognize that you do have some power, right? So I think there's a, it's a little bit of a nuance of like, there's certain things that we need, do need done. And if I make everything a requirement, then I lose some power on, because <laughs> not everything's a ponytail issue, but not everything's also a requirement. So I have to let go of some of the ponytail issues. I think. Yeah, that's a great point. And if you are, if you're not able to give your child choice in one area, maybe you can immediately provide choice in a different area. Right. So I'm going to put your hair in this ponytail right now, but maybe you can choose which dress you wear today or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good example. Okay. So this is awesome. This is very helpful and a ton of practical stuff. Thank you for your time and for giving us some ideas and for the conversation. We kind of went a lot of directions and I know you prepped and thought through some things too. Is there anything else that you're like, okay, I, they're, they're interviewing me on boundaries. I want to make sure that I said this one thing that you didn't get a chance to say. Zero pressure if you're like, no, I got everything out there that I wanted to share. But if there's anything we missed, I want to at least give you a chance to kind of summarize. I did want to mention, um, what do you do when there are people in your life and you think that they need better boundaries? Hmm. Um, I want to say that you don't always know what's best for someone else around their boundary setting. Because perhaps, again, there's a relationship that they are wanting to maintain. They feel they were threatened by setting boundaries. So I just want to encourage you to be curious about why someone may not be setting a specific boundary and to be really compassionate. And I think that applies to oneself also. Yeah. That's, I think that's a, a very helpful and, and great note to remember, right? We don't have full context in the people's lives. And so it's pretty easy to be judgy of. Yeah. What they like, while, do. while I'm not setting my boundaries, that person needs better boundaries, <laughs> right? Like as hard as it is for us, it's, it's really easy though to like observe what other people's boundaries should be. So I think that's yeah. a great, a great reminder. Well, this is so great, Alex. Thank you for sharing with our community. And I know that for me, I have notes and some takeaways that I can put into place. So thanks for um, helping us kind of brainstorm this and have this conversation. Um, really appreciate you. So thanks for the time. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. And I feel like I could just talk about this all day. <laughs> if something stood out to someone, do some research around it. Learn more about boundaries. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Thank well, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.